My brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, this is a special time of year for, well, we think for children. And the reason we think it's for children is because they get to go back to school. Now, for parents, that's a wonderful thing. I think they often say, well, I can get rid of them for a little while, at least for a few hours during the day. The children go, oh, I got to go back to school again. But to learn, to have the opportunity to gain knowledge and to gain understanding and even as it was talked about with Jesus, to gain wisdom is very important. Now, my granddaughter who is 10 was out shopping with my wife the other day. And Emily thought that it was important if I also would have the proper stuff so that I might go to school. So she brought, she and my wife bought me some things. You'll just happen to notice that they're green, not advocating any school, of course, but uh, go green. But anyway, this says Michigan Spartans. This goes over a book, and, and, and Dennis, Dennis suggested I put it around my Greek grammar book. And I could do that, I guess, because that's what I do teach. Or to have a three-ring binder, uh, a binder with paper, line paper inside. And that's, that's really important. Or to have uh, Michigan State Spartans two-pack portfolios. She thought I needed this so that I could go back to school. And the more and more I started thinking about it, the more and more she's right. It's not so much that I need this, but I need to stay in school. You know, I've done a lot of school in my life. College, seminary, co uh, more seminary, college, graduate school. I've had a lot of schooling in my life, and it would be very easy to say, I'm done. But I don't really believe that's what God has in mind for me. In fact, I'm absolutely convinced that what God wants me to do is to be deeply involved in study of his word and of his life in Jesus Christ and, and to just keep reaching and exploring so that the relationship that we have is so strong that when the transition comes from this life to the life to come, that'll just be a continuous learning experience. That was somewhat the situation for Moses. I just want to take you back and have you think about Moses for a moment. Moses was one who, like children, like those who are away at college already, was deeply involved in learning. In fact, the first 40 years of his life, Moses spent in what is known as formal learning. He was being trained to become uh, one of the leaders of Pharaoh's court, to take over responsibility, to make sure that whatever would happen would be according to Pharaoh's wishes. And so he spent 40 years of his life studying, working, knowing, and understanding. But he also knew his Hebrew faith. And one day he saw a Hebrew being attacked by an Egyptian and he killed the Egyptian. So he had to leave and he knew he had to leave and, and he left and he started the next 40 years of his life where he was learning spontaneously, where he was deeply involved in learning how to live in the wilderness. And you know, you may watch Man vs. Wild and some of those kind of shows on TV where people learn and, and show you how to survive in the wilderness. And that's what Moses learned. Learned how to take care of sheep, learned how to work with them, learned how to help them, 
and learn how to earn a living living in the wilderness. All of those two types of education were in preparation for the third type of education. That was when God called him to leadership through the burning bush. That Moses was ready to go and to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness for 40 years toward the Holy Land. He himself was not able to go in to the Holy Land because of his sin. But nevertheless, that was more of a time of teaching them, of giving of himself, of, of sharing what he learned, of protecting them, of, of being God's worker and God's mentor in this situation. And you know, those three kinds of education are the kinds of education you and I experience too. You experience formal education. By law, children must go to school until they're 16, but you know, if you really want to get ahead in life, and this is the only thing I can say to you children, if you want to get ahead in life today, study, learn, grow, stretch, and let, let yourself be involved with those kind of academics that will lead you toward employment so that you can have a job, so that you can take care of your family and be involved and have a good life. Education is one of those keys. But it's not just that kind of formal education. It's other kinds of educations that are so important. The kind of spontaneous learning that, that you have in life. I, I was at a, uh, at a uh, baby shower yesterday. This is not what most men want to do on a Saturday overnoon. But it was fun. It was fun. And I was just watching the mother-to-be and the excitement that she was experiencing of opening those gifts and of thinking about her baby that's coming and all that would be a part of it. And I thought, you have no idea. <laughs> the diapers, getting up every couple hours. But she was so excited. I couldn't help but be excited with and for her. This was this part of her spontaneous learning of what it was going to mean to be a mother. It's just a part of, part of what we experience in life and, and what goes on in life. And then there are those other opportunities too. Those opportunities to, to really grapple. And before the service you saw the, the different kind of advertisements that are up there on the screen. There's one up there now. No, that's scripture. That's an advertisement too. When scripture is up there, scripture is trying to say from God, I want to share something with you. But the Bible classes and the opportunity to help children with what they need uh, from the community, uh, with, with what kids otherwise, their parents would go out and spend lots and lots of money on them before school starts so that they're dressed right. Not every family can afford that. And sometimes just giving something little can make a lot of difference so that they can have that kind of education. That's, that's a learning of giving it's a learning on Bible classes. It's a learning that goes on as you grow and stretch in God's word. Because really, that's where he wants you to be, is in this word. And I invite you to open up your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 4. I'm sorry, chapter 6, pay, uh, verse 30. And this is on page 712, page 712. This scripture talks about feeding the 5,000. You go, well, what does that have to do with education? I'll point it out to you. How involved this was 
in the education of the disciples and a lot of other people. It starts this way. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. They taught. You see, they didn't just keep it for themselves. They were involved with taking what they were learning and sharing it with other people. And in fact, it, it, it's so true. If any of you have done any Bible class teaching or any teaching in any way, when you teach, you learn more than the student learns. It's, it's when it becomes ingrained in you and becomes solid in you when you try to teach it and communicate it to others. And so this was part of their, their experience right now of this using this form of informal training, this second form of education, that it was solidifying for them their own faith and their own life and what it meant for them to be. I would encourage you to be involved in teaching if you haven't done it before. And you may not have the gift, and that, that's understandable, but if you like to share your faith in some way, you know, think about Sunday school or think about some of the other opportunities for education or think about getting an education so you can help others. All of that is so well worthwhile that you have that opportunity to give and to learn in your own right. And so the disciples were out and they had been working with people and talking about them. And they were being so successful because the Holy Spirit was moving through them that verse 31, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he, meaning Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. That's your, been your summer. You've had your quiet time. Now it's time to get noisy. Now it's time to get busy. Now it's time to serve. But they needed a rest right then, but it wasn't to happen. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Now in order to give you a little bit more context of this, Jesus is setting them up. Sometimes educators do that. Sometimes they look ahead and they say, well, if I want to have this kind of outcome, it's going to take them a little while to get the message that needs to be shared with them. And so in John chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, picture Jesus in the boat as they're drawing near to the shore. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And they just let it go at that point. But as time goes on, this becomes very important. This is a seed that's laid for these disciples to learn. Something, something very important. When Jesus landed, verse 34, and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sometimes you'll look around and you can see some people who are like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep are, uh, are, are uh, animals that are very dependent. And... A shepherd in that time would lead the sheep. Why would they follow him? Well, because they knew him personally. 
When the sheep would come out in the morning to go out and feed, the shepherd would be right by the gate. His hand would be down. Each sheep would walk out and, and his hand would just rub on their back. And they would go out and they knew his touch and they knew his voice because he would call out their name to each one of them. And so if he would go and want to lead them to a different pasture, he'd just start walking and, and they would just follow him because they knew they could trust him. And at evening when they came back in, he would be standing by the gate and they would come in and his hand would be down and the sheep would come in one by one and they could feel his touch and hear his voice. And they would come in. And he would lay his body across that gate. He would be the guard of them to protect them during the night so that they could be, so that they could be safe for the next day. These are people like sheep, like sheep without a shepherd. The Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, they weren't doing it. They weren't talking about a relationship with God. They were only talking about laws and, and ways of punishing and hurting. Not compassion, not love. And so Jesus had compassion on them. And the scripture says that as he had compassion on them, he began to teach them many things. I have to tell you a story. And it's a story that, that says that you can make a difference just as, as, as you live out to be Jesus in life. And this is, you know, th there's so many stories about Russ Boone. I mean, if you know Russ Boone, you know there's stories about him. But the story is that he had been asked to help in the nursery. And he went in there with great fear and trepidation, not knowing what these little ones would do to him. And uh, it just so happened that it was my grandson's first day in the nursery. There wasn't a woman in there that could console that little boy. He was just terribly unhappy in that nursery. And uh, so they were passing him from woman to woman. Nothing was calming him down. Nothing was settling him down until... He was passed to Russ. And the way Russ tells the story, the little boy looked at him. Now, Russ looks like a bigger version of me. Much bigger version of me. <laughs> and he saw the beard, apparently, and he looked at Russ, and he settled right down. And Russ had a good day. And my grandson had a good day. Because my grandson was uncertain and Russ was uncertain, but Russ took care of him like a shepherd taking care of a sheep. Giving yourselves can make a lot of difference. I understand there's a program here that has to do with shepherds in Kids Creek. Is that correct? And there's a need for shepherds. You go, you see what happens, and you're there, and can you make a difference in somebody else's life? Yes, you can. Just by giving a little bit of yourself, you can touch somebody else's heart with the love of Jesus and his care and his compassion. And so Jesus began to teach them many things, and the people were learning, they, they were growing. This was a, a formal education. Uh, they were deeply involved with what they needed to learn, and it became evening. But now he goes back and says to the disciples, I'm going to teach you something you can hear him saying that inside of himself. 
and he just waited. By this time, it was late in the day, verse 35, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. There weren't very many villages. It was the end of the day and any food that was baked during that day probably would have been either sold or consumed. In other words, the disciples were saying, get rid of them. We can't handle this. We need some time with you, Jesus. We can't give of ourselves in any way. And Jesus just looked at them and answered, you give them something to eat. There had been discussion, you could just tell, going on among the disciples of what Jesus had said earlier with Philip. And they said that would take eight months. They had decided on this. That would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? If they could find it. I could just hear Jesus thinking in my mind, I should really say yes. But that won't teach them what they really need to know. They need to learn to trust me. And this is part of that spontaneous relationship learning that was so important. How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two loaves. Now, these were not big loaves. These loaves were, you know, not like your, your Subway sandwich that's 36 inches long or whatever it is. It's about probably the size of this Bible. Five little loaves. Two little fish. Not sturgeons. Two little fish. To feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Sorry, ladies. That was the way they counted things at that time. It has nothing to do with me. But that was the way they counted. So who knows? Could have been 10, 15,000 people or more. And how are they going to do this? With five little loaves and two little fish? Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. This was springtime, and so the grass was lush, and they could sit down and be comfortable. So the people were very obedient. They did what they were told to do. Just like you're sitting in different groups here, they were sitting in different groups of, of hundreds and fifties, and there was an aisle between them so that, they could, there was, so that something could happen. And taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He just started handing it out. And there was more. And there was more. And there was more. And they were being fed <coughs> bread, fish. And if they were hungry and wanted seconds or thirds, it was there for them. It was, it was an unlimited feast that they were experiencing. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full, basketfuls, I don't know if they, what the English is. I have to check with an English teacher. She'll teach me or he will. Of broken pieces of bread and fish. Now this is very interesting because everybody who traveled at that time had a little basket they carried with them. It was, again, about the size of a, of a Bible and they would be hanging on their belt and that would be for the provisions they would need for that day. And so each one of the disciples went out and they filled that basket and that was it. Not only did God feed them all, but he made sure that his disciples had exactly what they needed for the next day, and that was it. 
He was in charge of how much was there from the beginning. He just wanted them to trust him. The number of men who had eaten were 5,000. My question to you this morning is where do you find yourself? If you find yourself involved with uh, formal learning, wonderful. Utilize it. Let it be a part of your life. One, I have to tell you one story. And that was uh, when I was going to MSU, working on my PhD, we had a prayer group that met before the service or before the meeting, before the class. And the great thing, I was just waiting. I was hoping somebody would protest what we were doing. I just wanted that. Because you see, at that point, then the ACLU would have to support us. Students write a prayer. But nobody did. But we prayed. And I remember having these conversations with a number of different people, especially one Muslim woman, where I could talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. God placed me in that situation. So in formal learning, I could let my Christian faith be a part of not only what was going on in the students' lives with whom I had class, but in other with other people too. Because you see, no matter where you are, you have that opportunity. God gives you that, that interaction with other people so that you can share your faith if you want to. If you want to keep it all for yourself and just hang on to it, that's all you're going to get out of it too, is what you hang on to for yourself. But formal learning is great. Informal learning, coming to worship, to me, one of the great gifts of worship is to receive Jesus' body and blood as it comes in bread and wine. To take the Lord's Supper each time I come here and, and know his presence is with me. It's, it's, it's an informal learning that, that is reinforced every time I worship. And I praise God for that. And I hope you do too. And that you praise God for the music and for the worship and for the messages and for all that is a part of being in God's kingdom and serving him. There's a lot of informal opportunities. Some are, will be told to you uh, in a little while about opportunities for education here in the church and education to, to grow in your Christian faith. But I, gotta, I have to ask you, how many of you read your Bible once a week? Just at least once a week. How many of you read it daily? Some of you read it daily. How many of you read it in Greek? Oh, even Dennis didn't raise his hand on that one. No, I'm just kidding about that. But to be in this word every day, to let God talk to you, that kind of informal learning is so good. And then, then to be involved with other people and to share the gospel and, and to just let it fill you up so that you can let it pour over you and to share it with other people, what a great and precious experience that is to make a difference in other people's lives by living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you are such an awesome God. Your name is so powerful. The faith that you give us is such a precious gift. Your grace is poured out over us so that we would have the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of eternal life. You wash away our sins so that they don't become a block to us in our relationship with you anymore. And you just draw us to yourself. 
Lord Jesus, you are the great teacher. And you teach us through your word and through your sacraments. And we, just, we are just filled with joy and happiness and peace because of what you do in our life. Thank you, O Lord. May our education in you be something that continues not just for today, not just for this fall, not just through a semester, but through every day and every moment of our lives, that as we walk with you, we are filled with your grace and compassion, that we can share with other people, and that we can live our Christian faith and life. Thank you, O Lord, for all that you grant to us in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds alive in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.